0: I'd like to speak to you tonight and focus through a beautiful testimony of our sister Ana Segovia. Is she on tonight? Or? Yes. Is no. she is. Okay. As a community, into the gift of the two roses that we received on the pilgrimage. To remind you and those that weren't there our Blessed Mother in it was in the cathedral before a beautiful statue that's on what Father put on the website for you to see first presented us a red rose after the red rose she presented to us a white rose and then She brought the two roses together to become one. The Holy Spirit has had me reflecting on this gift since we've returned from Mexico. And tonight I'd like to, to, to teach a little bit about the meaning of the red and the white rose coming together. I'd like to begin by sharing with you A testimony of Ana Segovia and to teach from her testimony on the meaning of the two roses. Ana Segovia shared The other day I was reading the Path, number 97. The prayer of pure suffering is the sweetest fragrance that reaches and delights the heart of the Father. In adoration, I asked our Lord to teach me how to pray in this way because I noticed I haven't accepted certain painful situations in my life and have not known how to unite them to Him. I made a Google search with the words pure suffering prayer and found an article on how to pray in the midst of suffering. I read it with the teachings of the path as my point of reference and what the Lord has already taught us. This is what I understood. It is a formula for prayer that I have found to be very useful in order to go deeper in acceptance, trust, abandonment, and finally to be able to unite my sufferings with Jesus's. This format of prayer starts with giving thanks. Jesus has told us in the teaching number 97, The prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving should be your every breath. Giving thanks in every circumstance reminds me of how much God loves me, which is very important because the pain many times prevents me from seeing clearly. And this can lead me to fall into depressive thoughts. Giving thanks directs my gaze to God. Then I do an act of abandonment. The Lord said to us in path number 110, Allow yourself to be perfected through suffering. Suffer with greater trust in me suffer with greater abandonment and love this step has been very important for me also because as I told you I noticed that I hadn't accepted everything in my life and without accepting I could not join it to Christ this act of full confidence and abandonment reminds me that there is nothing that God does not want or permit that will not bring me closer to Him. Once the previous act is done, my heart is more willing to join my pain to Jesus' since my eyes are no longer centered on myself. In humility, I remember who God is and who I am. Since God is perfect and pure love, if I am suffering, I can enter more into His pain because He lived it before me and in a more pure way. It is then that I am no longer all about my problems and my pains. It is now about Him and His heart that cries. It is then when I become a source of consolation and company to Him. And finally, I do an act of intercession for my brothers and sisters who are in the same situation. It is when I am being one with the victim that I become a victim soul for my brothers and sisters. Here is an example of this process. My son was diagnosed with Asperger. He lives the different circumstances of life in a way that often puzzle me. Most of the time, he lives locked in a world of fears, anxiety, and depressive thoughts. As a mom, it's hard to see how my son struggles to get by. He lives immersed in his little world and how difficult it is for us to enter into his world. This is one of the greatest pains of my heart that I realized I had not fully accepted and could not enter into, much less united to the pain of Jesus. So, my prayer today is more or less like this. I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to live this situation with my son. I thank you that through it you bring me closer to you. I thank you because your love is infinite and you are perfect in all your works. I bless you because you are great. And you are pure love. Always present. Much more than my soul. Is to myself. I fully trust. This is the second part. I fully trust in your plans and your times. You are infinite goodness. And everything you make is perfect. I do not know the future for my son. And if he will be able to have. A full life or not. That thought distresses me. But I reject that feeling. Because I trust everything in your hands. And I trust with all my heart. That what you dispose and allow will be for our good. Being goodness and love itself. You only want the best for us even if at the moment we do not understand what we are living. I know that you are suffering with us. Since you are love itself, I know that your pain is greater than ours. As a mother, it hurts me to see my son immersed in his small world, to see him with so many fears and anguish, knowing that he carries a deep sadness, seeing his low self-esteem, and hearing him speak that his life has no value, and seeing that despite the efforts we make to get him out of that state, there is very little change, as if he cannot see that he is called to a full and great life, I know that you as a father have created us free and with the desire to aspire to the best, to be one with you, and that despite all your efforts and sacrifices, we seem not to understand. You respect our freedom even though it costs your life and a great pain that does not end. I thank you for sharing a bit of your cross and your pain through my own experience with my son. Thank you for calling me to be one with you. And finally, I ask for all the families that are going through this same situation. For the parents who are raising children in difficult situations, I ask you for children who are bothered for being different. Bless them and let them know of your love, which is the greatest treasure. Amen. Okay, thank you, Ana Segovia, for your te- teaching through your testimony of life. So I'd like to go step by step tonight to speak about the two roses with this testimony. The red rose that Our Lady presented to us represents suffering, represents martyrdom. And then she gives us the white rose, which represents purity. She brings them together and makes them one. Because what she's teaching us and the grace that she was calling for us to receive in Mexico was to enter into a greater purity in suffering. This is what I want to focus on. How do we do that? In number 88 of our path, our Lord said this to our community, Only love radiates the light of God, for His light is love. Now, keep this in mind because purity means where Our Lady is taking us with the white rose is pure love. When we can love purely in suffering, our entire being is perfected, becomes love. Just like Jesus. The Lord said to us, The light of Jesus Christ is love that suffers for all and with all love in pain and sorrow love that enters into the brokenness of humanity and receives her brokenness into himself to heal and restore her in God love receives her wounds And bears them upon his body to heal her with the balm of his tenderness in mercy. This is the light of the world. This is love, the word incarnate. Then the Lord tells us, Receive my wounds, which are what? He tells us, the sin brokenness, and oppression of your brothers and sisters, so that you can radiate my light in the darkness. This is love. The love of the world is self-seeking and self-centered, but the love of God is self-giving. Okay. These words that we have had in our path for years... Are come to life and become flesh when I tell you the path needs to become incarnated in us it needs to become flesh of our flesh you can see it in Anna's testimony what does Anna do she receives the brokenness of her son into her heart and by accepting that brokenness she suffers with Christ for what he is suffering and in her testimony what are you hearing from that mother you're hearing a suffering that has entered pure love but if we look carefully at what Anna was telling us We see that Anna first had to see something important in her own heart. Anna comes to see the impurity of her own suffering. Anna has had her son for many years. Anna has been an amazing mother, a good mother. She has suffered with her son, but our Lady and our Lord give Anna a grace that He's giving all of us and that is to see that there was something still in Anna's heart that wasn't fully pure. And what was it that she tells us? What did she tell us? She that was that That's right. Anna's love was not yet pure suffering because she had not accepted Accepted her son the way the Lord has brought him to her. That is her cross, and she still did not want to accept fully that cross. And all of us in our suffering have something that is impure. You might All of us leave tonight and need to ask ourselves, what in my life has the Lord given me that I have not fully embraced and accepted? You see, she was suffering, but she was dragging that cross because she hadn't fully accepted it. Once Anna accepts it, her suffering enters a new level. It enters a purity of love and that is what you hear in her testimony. When Anna's eyes were opened to the truth that she had not yet fully accepted the cross of her son's disability she was able to do something about it. Her desire to live Her true identity as a mother of the cross, because of a genuine love for Christ, moved her to adapt a prayer formula which helped her abandon herself fully to Christ in this situation of her life. The prayer, which is the path, is a concrete way of her dying to her own will to accept the will of God. So let's look at Anna's process through the gospel of the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 9 verse 23 where Jesus tells us if anyone wishes to come after me he must deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me. What? did Anna have to do to deny herself? What did she have to deny from her example? Her own wants, her own will, her own desires. Okay, exactly. She had to deny her own desires, her own want. She also said something interesting. She had to deny her tendency to fall into depressive thoughts. You see, all of us, the Lord has taught us that because of our brokenness Mm -hmm. and lack of trust and woundedness, have disordered tendencies, where where we naturally will go to, fall. And until Anna sees that in herself, her tendency is to become depressed, seeing what? That... All her attempts to help her son are not changing him at all. He still has Asperger, and he's still struggling. But, so her tendency, she had to deny herself by not permitting those thoughts to take over her. And that's why the process that she moves through is so important for all of us. Then, after she denies herself, she must be willing to take up her cross, which is what she does when she accepts it. When she accepts it, that's when she took up her cross. And now she's able to follow Jesus in love. And that is when her, Anna, her heart is transformed. The way we become love is to the extent that our suffering is becomes pure and pure. This requires something I told the men when I spoke to them. It requires self-reflection. It requires us asking ourselves why. If Anna was getting frustrated constantly with her son that reaction has to be a red light for any of us to know that is not pure love and we have to be willing to reflect and ask ourselves before the lord and in accompaniment why am i so frustrated why Am I struggling with this? Why do I keep losing my peace? Why have I not accepted this? The more we ask why, the why is the opening of the door of our heart to allow the Holy Spirit to enter to bring His light Mm -hmm. and life. Mm -hmm. And that is when we receive the light of knowledge And the breaking through to break through our own self-centeredness. So we have to constantly ask ourselves now, in order to live suffering with the white rose of pure love, what is in my heart when I receive sorrows? When the Lord permits a certain cross in my life, a certain pain, what is in my heart? With the pain, is there also resentment? Is there anger? Is there frustration? Because if there is, which is common in all of us, what is at the root system of that? Pride. Control. What is at the root of my resentment? Lack of faith. We have to ask ourselves, do my sufferings become a means for me to get attention? Do I use my sufferings for attention towards myself? And if that is the case, that is not pure love. Why? Because I'm still self, self, self-centered. Okay? In our path, in section 4G, Pope Benedict said to us, Faith, which sees the love of God revealed in the pierced heart of Jesus on the cross, gives rise to love. That is exactly what Anna did. She said something beautiful. If I can go back a minute and tell you. Look at what she said. Giving thanks In every circumstance reminds me of how much God loves me. And then she said, giving thanks directs my gaze to God. So we in Love Crucified need to get in the habit of with every sorrow, with every pain, with every agony, with every difficult situation, give thanks to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, like Anna was saying, because the minute we say thank you, Jesus, something happens. Our gaze immediately goes to God and moves away from self. And Satan will attack and do everything he possibly can to keep our gaze on ourselves. You see? And that's why the Lord said to us, the prayer of Thanksgiving must be your every breath, because if there's one thing our faith has to be solid in, is that Jesus Christ loves us. Um, let me go back to that because that's so important. Father Geordie said something beautiful that has to do with gazing at the Father today in his hom- in his reflection of his homily. It had to do with Jesus healing the leopard, and in the Gospel of Mark it says, A leopard came to him and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched the leopard and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. Jesus desires to make all of us pure. Pure to restore us in the image and likeness of God. But Father reminded us in his gospel reflection that it was the gaze of the leopard that went to look at Jesus, that gazing at Jesus, his faith, moved from his own agony to Jesus. And in that encounter of his gaze to Jesus, he receives the faith to believe and is healed. Therefore, Father mentioned many bad habits we all have that we think can't be cleansed. We, Mark Mallet, in one of his latest writings, wrote about the, the darkness of pornography. Pornography is sweeping everywhere. Our families, our priesthood, our children, our spouses. Everywhere. And we can be, be, begin to think, or we can see all kinds of addictions. We deal with drug addictions. We deal with all kinds of things in our own families. And we might be able, we might think, forget it. I don't see anybody healing here. I don't see anybody mm-hmm. being cleansed. And Father said something so important. If you truly want to be cleansed, your gaze has to move towards Jesus. It has to. What I can't, I can't say it enough about the path, which is so different than what I'm constantly seeing in so many psychological, medical practices. Okay? The path does the opposite. The path moves us out of ourselves. It takes our wound and unites it to Jesus. It takes our gaze from our woundedness and sees our woundedness in Jesus. Because it is only through him, with him, and in him that we are cleansed. And what many times to me is the sorrow when I'm seeing, especially priests, in these psychological institutions and clinics there for years with the same problem, it's because I see them many times becoming more and more self-absorbed in their own wound. And they're going in vicious circles, getting nowhere, with the same wound that isn't being healed. And that is the treasure of what we have, but we have to be willing to live the treasure we have. And this is in number 87 of our path. Our Lord said to each of us, Be love. Live solely for love, forgetting yourself. And I asked the Lord, My Lord, how do I live solely for love, forgetting myself? And today, it just, it was as if reading this was for the first time for me today. And the Lord's reply, look at what he said. Live to please me. To live in the unity of the Trinity is to live, listen to this, my family, gazing at the Father through the Son to please Him in all things. And that is the whole transformation of Anna's testimony today. Once she moves out of her whole focus on herself and controlling and wanting to change her son and all about me and began to accept her son and look at Jesus and seeing how Jesus suffers, her whole view, has her son changed? Has the situation in her son changed? No, but she's changed. And what our Lord has told us that we must have perfect faith in is that when we suffer in pure love united to Him as one with Mary, the power of God is present. And those souls we are suffering for, including ourselves, will receive the grace of God. And that faith and hope has to be what moves us. So with that, I finish for for tonight.
1: Well, I would like to remind everybody... Uh,
0: Hold on, this is Father has something... Father Ron has something to say. Okay.
1: Okay. I would just like to remind everyone that never to be discouraged because if you ever see a two-year-old, as he begins to discover his own independence and identity we talk about the terrible twos why because the child keeps repeating me 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 and that is his recognition of his existence and that very same thing that we struggle to put to death is what gave us life and a beginning? And so it's one—it's our human nature to be absorbed with self. That's why, as we kill, as we were uh, talking, Lourdes and I, about the millennials—they're absorbed with themselves, selfies. Putting themselves on Facebook, mm. and so this selfishness that exists in us is the struggle. And there's so many ways that it's in us that we. It takes years and years to even identify in the areas that we're selfish. And this difficult thing I find as I saw this in other older people and as I'm getting older what happens is you go back to that spirit of well I've been giving my whole life and now it's going to be about me. (laughs) My retirement. My health. My life. And so older people do become more difficult because they then now concentrate totally, they're absorbed with concentrating on their self. So and in our dealing with others, we see that in the in the young people and in the old people. And so we have to have that awareness that this putting to death will be a constant, constant daily battle.
0: Yes, and, and that's absolutely true and one we will battle all our lives but I also have to say that we have to be so grateful. I, I was having an, a, an accompaniment today and and all of us in our accompaniment that I had today, we were all saying how grateful we are for what we have received in this community because what the Lord has given us through the path is such a gift for us to have a means and a concrete means to open ourselves to this purification, to really become saints. You know, and we have something that many people don't have, that many people aren't even aware that they're self-centered. You know what I'm they, they live oblivious. And yet, we have been given this treasure, and if we receive this treasure, and really ponder it, and, and do our part of giving our will to it, it's as if the Lord said, because it is a time of great darkness also the mercy and grace of God is even greater. So that's why St. Louis de Montfort said that there would become a time, and St. Therese of Lisieux said the same thing, where it would be the time of the greatest amount of saints. Because the grace we're having now to grow in sanctity is even greater than the other saints. We have a easier, really, opportunity to become holy and saints now in this time, and we have to, you know, and that's why we have to. We have a responsibility to understand and treasure what we've been given, and never take it for granted.
2: Amen. Yes, um, in the gospel today, Jesus is moved with compassion for the leper. Well, everybody else was terrified of the lepers and ran away from them. But Jesus is moved with compassion and reaches out to him. This is the new man He's full of love for the Father and for others. And he says that my nourishment is to do the will of my Father. He looked towards Calvary as the zenith of his giving of life. What happens when we gaze upon Jesus crucified and become vulnerable in that gaze and receive it from him He communicates to us his own spirit. The spirit that moves his heart so that we begin to be moved with compassion. Compassion for him, compassion for others. But then from there we have to go further and practice this gaze with our brothers and sisters. And... I think this begins at home, and it's a great blessing because in the community we're constantly helping each other. Like it says, by the way, in the, in the first reading today from Hebrews, animense unos a otros, encourage one another so that you persevere until the end in this, in this path, right? And um, we have to encourage one another to continue to gaze upon the Lord. This is what we're doing here tonight encouraging one another to enter into perfect love, into this pure love that, um, that um, Anna showed us yes. tonight.
0: But I, I should I'd like to, Father, say something about what you just said. The beautiful work of the transformation of the path that the Lord has given us is, for example, look at Anna tonight. Because... She entered into Jesus to suffer in his cross, her cross. And she unites. She allows the Holy Spirit to draw her suffering into Jesus. All of a sudden, all of you can actually even see it. Anna, all of a sudden, is gazing at her son in a new way. Mm -hmm. And it's not even something she has to practice. Because it's a transformation that's occurred in her heart. Because that's why the Lord says, suffer all with me, no longer two but one in my sacrifice of love. Because when we do enter, like Anna did, that union with the Lord, that is when the gaze of the Lord becomes our gaze. It's not even something we have to practice because... His gaze, the love of Jesus Christ, his gaze, is in Anna. And it is the gaze of Jesus looking at her son. And that's the beauty. That's how we become Jesus Christ in the world.
1: And the other beautiful thing is that the son now receives more love from her because it's absolutely. selfless yes. love. So both are receiving. Mm -hmm.
0: And then Anna is able to look at others through this. That's why we have to be willing to suffer everything in the flesh in the place the Lord has given us so it can be truly transferred to others because now she looks at all handicapped people with a new, the compassion of Jesus Christ, but she first had to accept her own, the handicap of her own son and suffer it through him in order to be able to love all handicapped people in Christ.